Hi, it's John Paul, Triple H Car Doctor. Welcome to another bonus edition of the Car Doctor podcast. This time we're going to be talking to Anna Vanderspeck. She is the Electric Vehicle Program Director at the Green Energy Consumer Alliance. Stay tuned. Well, hello everyone. My name is John Paul from AAA Northeast, sometimes known as AAA's Car Doctor. And in this part of our electric vehicle series, we're talking with Anna Vanderspeck. She is Electric Vehicle Program Director for the Green Energy Consumer Group. Anna, thanks for joining us on, on this uh, car chat. Thanks so much for having me. Well, here in Massachusetts, where I live, uh, there's talk about electric vehicles will be the only vehicle, new vehicle sold in 2035. We're starting to see more and more electric vehicles. It seems like uh, when someone gets one in a neighborhood, it's sort of a, a domino effect. Somebody sees it, likes it, and someone else wants to buy one. Um, how does your group help consumers uh, save some money when buying an electric car? Sure. Um, so we run a program called Drive Green, which has two main parts. Um, the first is that we do a ton of consumer education. So we in the olden days did uh, in-person events and we're excited to start those again soon. Um, but we've got a website with information about charging and how to go on road trips and what about the battery and all the different models that people can come and read through and get their questions answered. Um, we also have presentations and we do virtual coffee hours where you can come and meet an actual uh, electric car driver and ask them about their experience directly. And then we supplement that with uh, good old fashioned customer service that if you call us or send us an email or chat with us on our website, um, we're happy to talk to you and figure out what kind of an electric car um, might meet your needs. The second part of the program is that we have built a network of car dealers across Massachusetts and also Rhode Island. Um, and each of the dealers in our network has agreed to offer fixed discounts on a monthly basis for uh, electric vehicles. So if you go to our website, um, which is greenenergyconsumers.org slash drivegreen, um, if you enter our shopping portal, you can see um, all the different cars that are currently available. You can compare deals side by side, apples to apples from local dealers. And then you can actually sign up to test drive for those dealers through our form. Um, and the benefit of doing that is that you are put in touch with the actual EV specialist at the car dealership. Um, and they know that you are a drive green participant. So you get that discount. Um, when you decide to purchase or lease, as long as you're doing that before the end date that they had listed on their deal. Um, and, oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to ask, um, some of these um, incentives are really quite rich. And um, where does the you know, car dealers don't make a ton of money selling a new car a lot of times? Where does the money come from? So we... We don't necessarily always know. <laughs> Basically, the agreement we have with the dealers um, is that they uh, will post prices on our website transparently. So we ask them to strip out the kind of um, fine print that you might find on other websites where you only qualify for a deal if you're a teacher or recently graduated or some other qualifier. Um, we ask them to strip all of that out and just post on our website um, the lowest price that you can get or the biggest discount that you can get on whatever model they sell. Um, historically, they've tended to combine special pricing programs that they get from the manufacturer with um, pricing or, or incentives from their own dealership because they know that they're competing with each other on our site. Um, so 
I think it's through a combination of those pots that they've been able to give those discounts. Um, I will say we've been running this program since 2016 and the discounts have varied a lot in that time. So there are some models where it's been $1,000 or $2,000 and there have been times when it's been as high as $17,000 off. And it just depends on the car model. It also depends on the time of year. If a dealership is trying to get rid of old stock and bring in the, the new model year, the discounts have been higher. But generally over the course of the program, they've been really competitive prices. What has been the most popular choice? What are, what are people buying? Um, people, particularly in the last year or two, um, have really liked the Chevy Bolt. Uh, that's with a B as in Bob, as opposed to the Volt with a V as in Victor, which uh, Chevrolet discontinued. Um, it's a small hatchback that gets 258 miles per charge. Maybe it's 259, um, but it is an excellent car. It has um, good range. The starting price is in the 30,000s, but the discounts from the dealers have been pretty large and have brought that down often into the 20,000s. Um, and it really meets a lot of people's needs in that the range is long enough that you can do your daily driving and charge up either overnight at home or at work if you're able to do that there. Um, and it's comfortable, it's got space for tall people, and it's a good car. So that has been one of the most popular cars. Um, and then also the Hyundai Kona EV, which is slightly larger. It's, a, it's an electric, all-electric SUV. It gets uh, about the same number of miles as the Chevy Bolt. Those two have been really popular. Um, one caveat that I should have mentioned earlier is that uh, Tesla, as a matter of corporate policy, does not participate in programs like ours. So we educate a ton of people who then get Teslas, but they don't get them through our program. So I don't have any numbers on that. Um, but across the state, the Tesla Model 3 has for sure been uh, another competitor. Um, all the cars I've mentioned so far are pure battery electric vehicles. Um, and so I do want to mention the Toyota Prius Prime, which is a plug-in hybrid where you've got a battery that you can charge by plugging it into the wall, but it also has a backup gas tank. Um, that one's pretty popular too. Yeah, I bet. The, um, the Bolt is a fantastic little car. I road tested one for about a week. And uh, when I was done, I was kind of like, well, this could take the place of my car every single day. And although I, was, I had an electric car 25 years ago. And oh, wow. it was sort of a hobby almost. It didn't go very far. It didn't go very fast. And frankly, it was probably dangerous. Um, today's electric cars, I have yet to be in one of this sort of second generation that has a 200 mile range that couldn't replace a daily car. The, the Mustang uh, Mach-E, which I hate the word Mustang in there. They should have just called it a Mach-E. Um, but was a fantastic car. And I love the idea it had the frunk, the front trunk. Um, it worked out really well. I drove it in the wintertime uh, with all wheel drive. It handled the snow easily. Uh, just, just a great car. One of the things that sometimes is a bit misleading for people is they see the tax incentives and mm -hmm. it makes it sound like, oh, you're going to buy this car and you're going to get $7,500 off. But it's really only if you owe $7,500 in taxes, right? Yeah, so the federal tax credit is a, a fun little mystery <laughs> to a lot of people. So the way it works, and the big caveat here is that the Biden administration has some ideas about how to make this better. So hopefully um, this will all change soon. But the way that it's currently set up 
is that every vehicle on the market qualifies for the federal tax credit based on its battery size. So $7,500 is the maximum, uh, and that's for the the all electric vehicles that have pretty big batteries. Vehicles like the Toyota Prius Prime that I just mentioned that have smaller batteries because they're plug-in hybrids have a smaller federal tax credit. Um, so the federal tax credit for the Toyota Prius Prime is somewhere around $4,503 because they have a really wonky formula to, to do that math. So the first thing to know is that it depends on the battery size of the car. The second thing to know is that this federal tax credit was set up to jumpstart the EV market in the country and then kind of fade into the background once it took over. Um, and at the time when it was set up, the best guess was that that tipping point would be around 200,000 units. So the way it's set up is once a manufacturer has sold 200,000 units in the United States, the federal tax credit starts phasing out and it takes about a year and a half for it to phase out completely. Um, right now, Tesla and General Motors are the only manufacturers that have hit that limit. So if you purchase a Tesla or a Chevy or a Cadillac, I guess, vehicle that is electric right now, you do not qualify for a federal tax credit because that phase out is complete. So assuming that you're purchasing a car that has a federal tax credit, um, you can only take advantage of however much fits into your personal tax liability. So as you mentioned, if I if I were to purchase the Hyundai Kona EV, it gets the full $7,500. If I don't owe $7,500 in federal tax credit, in federal taxes, excuse me, um, the IRS will not write me a check for the difference and I can't carry the balance over from one year to the next. Um, all of these issues that I've pointed out are being discussed in Washington right now and will hopefully be ironed out in the next iteration of this incentive. Um, but one thing that's really important to note is that there is a way to get around this uh, if you want to, and that is leasing. When you lease an electric vehicle, the leasing agent, basically the, the dealer's bank, they get the federal tax credit. And most of the manufacturers have decided to pass the value of that credit onto you, the consumer, in the form of lower monthly payments. Um, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of folks are actually leasing vehicles instead of purchasing them, because that's one way to capture the value of that credit um, if you couldn't otherwise. That makes that makes real sense because um, I live a pretty simple lifestyle and I get the you know federal, you know, I do kind of the short form sort of thing and the new standard deduction. Um, I don't even come close to that. So having that extra $7,500 tax credit isn't really going to help me because I don't, I'm not anywhere close enough to be able to take advantage of that. So leasing it could be an option. And I think for people that are somewhat concerned about technology, uh, I always kind of liken it to somebody who just bought a new laptop computer and they're all happy. And on the way home, they notice, oh, there's a new model for sale. Um, and, but I just bought this one. And I think electric vehicles, as we're seeing them develop, I mean, even things like the heating and air conditioning system that's in a Tesla that was a resistance style heater, which took away a lot of energy, the new Model Y has a heat pump, so it becomes a little bit more efficient. Um, so people that want to be kind of on the cutting edge all the time, a lease might make sense and to be able to take advantage of that um, federal tax credit if the manufacturer allows that to happen. Now, is that information also on the website? Yes. So when you go to our website and you you 
enter the shopping portal basically. Um, we have a card for every car that is actually available for sale in um, Massachusetts or Rhode Island. Um, and we put key information on there like what's the range, um, uh, what is the, is it all wheel drive or real wheel drive or front wheel drive? Um, does it allow for DC fast charging, which is the super fast charging, but we also include what is the federal tax credit? And then also what is the state rebate? Because in Massachusetts, we have a, a rebate called more EV, um, where if you purchase or lease for 36 months, uh, an all electric vehicle, that has a final sales price under $50,000. When you've acquired the car, you can go to moreev.org, fill out an application, and the state will send you a check in the mail of $2,500 to incentivize you to choose that car over a gas-powered car. And then if you opt for a plug-in hybrid, um, it has to have at least 25 miles of electric range, um, and it also has to be under $50,000 final sales price, and then the rebate is $1,500. Um, so we show all of those incentives stacked on top of each other. So you can see what is the drive green discount? What is the state rebate if you're a Massachusetts resident? And then what is the federal tax credit to bring you the final net price? Now, if somebody's watching this a month or two from now and they purchase their EV and no one told them about the more EV uh, incentive, can they do it after the fact? Is there a timetable that they have to do it within so many days? I think it's I think it's within 60 days. It could be 30, but it, it will say on the more EV website and the application itself is is really simple. Um, so it's more it's mor-ev.org is the place to go for that. And does green energy consumers also help consumers with um, home charging stations? Uh, yes, in a sense. So there are. Uh, a lot of different charging units that are out there. And the first thing that I will say is that not everybody actually needs to install a, a fancy charging station. When you, when you purchase one of these vehicles, it comes with a cord that you can plug into a normal 120 volt outlet, the same kind of outlet you would plug your cell phone into. Um, and if you do that, you'll get about four miles of range per hour spent charging which sounds very slow, but if you drive about 40 miles a day and you can plug in overnight, you can replenish what you've used in a day. Some folks do wanna be able to charge faster um, and that entails buying a charging unit, which you can do online or at a home improvement store and then hooking it up to a 240 volt outlet, which you will need an electrician for. Um, we wrote a guide to installing home charging where we basically wrote out the questions you should ask yourself if you've just gotten an EV or if you're not even sure you wanna get an electric car yet, but you wanna understand whether you could charge at home, um, we'll, ask you, we'll show you basically what you need to ask yourself um, about where you park and how much you drive and what car you might be thinking of. Um, and we link there to some really great reviews of different charging units because um, there's a wide range. You can get a, a very simple unit for just a couple hundred dollars, or if you want all the bells and whistles and you want it Wi-Fi enabled and all sorts of things, you can do that too. Um, so we do have that guide for folks to help navigate that process. Um, and the other thing I should mention is that the electric utilities are increasingly um, getting into this game as well. Um, and they also have, particularly for um, multi-unit dwellings or workplaces, they have uh, funding available to help install charging there. And they have a list of approved vendors and approved units um, for that kind of and all of this together just makes an EV driver or owner just that much more comfortable. And, and 
the idea that I talk to EV owners on a fairly regular basis, and most of them just find that um, the amount of time that they used to spend filling their car with gasoline, even though it seems maybe on the surface to be inconvenient to plug your car in every day, they, they look at it, it's much simpler when they get used to that. They just plug their car in. They don't think anything of it. In the morning they unplug it, they wind up their cord and off they go. And the idea of never stepping into a gas station again for most people makes, makes them very happy. My favorite story at one of our EV panel events is that somebody asked an EV driver, how long does it take you to charge? Expecting like 20 hours or something. And the driver said five seconds because his experience was it takes me two seconds to plug in when I get home and it takes me two seconds in the morning to unplug and I'm ready to go. Um, and of course, not everybody can necessarily charge at home, um, but a lot of folks can either there or at work or at one of the public charging stations that are increasingly popping up. And it's just much more pleasant than standing there trying not to breathe in uh, the fumes of gasoline. <laughs> yeah, it, and, the, and the idea is, some, again, some people think, well, I have to plug my car in. Well, you think about what you plug in now. You probably plug in your laptop, your tablet, your cell phone. And it becomes just habit. It's just something you do every 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 evening. Perhaps you plug something in, and it's pretty simple. Open up the little door, wind that cord out, plug it in, and you're good to go. And um, I've found it I've found it pretty easy to do whenever I've needed to do it. And like you pointed out, public charging stations are popping up all over the place. I live about three miles from a hospital. There's got to be twelve in front of there now. Oh, wow. um, uh, I'm you know hotels we have one at work uh it's, be it's becoming easier and easier for people if consumers want more information about your program and have more questions about electric cars and electric car ownership or want to join some of your coffee hours where they can learn more information where do they go they go to www.greenenergyconsumers.org slash drive green um, and there they can learn about the program, they can chat with us, um, and they can also see upcoming events. And hopefully we will see you at one of our coffee hours. Anna, thank you for spending some time on this EV chat. My pleasure. Thank you.